Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayis, share number 52, email address shalombayis777 at gmail.com. One thing that each individual needs to work on is their arrogance that they may sometimes have, and that could definitely have a negative effect in the marriage. Uh, because if you have an, an ego and it shows itself, then you believe you are special, and you are special to the extent that, you know, you when you come in, supper should be ready for you, and my socks should be folded, and my um, shirts should be ironed, and I'm special. And um, then you use these expressions very often the other way around, where you're told, uh, I'm not your slave. So it's very important that this ego, which is unhealthy even for an individual themselves, be, between themselves internally, it's it's a really negative thing, and certainly between a husband and wife. Now we're going to talk about Makas um, Bechayres, which very very interesting thing. Hashem decided to kill the Bechayrim that were Bebeis Hashvi, that were the captives, the captives in, Mit- in Mitzrayim, and they did not oppress Klal Yisrael per se because uh, they were imprisoned. But they were also punished, even though they te- technically did not oppress the Eden. Some say, the Pshat is, that so they should not be able to say that their God was the one who brought punishment upon the Mitzrayim, who oppressed them. And um, they would have said that their God is so strong that... He, he basically protected them and punished all the Mitzrayim that threw them into prison. But um, another reason is, is that it was it's brought down that for every decree that Pare decreed upon the Jewish people, these captives, when they heard about it, they were happy about it. They rejoiced in it. They rejoiced in the suffering of the Jews outside, even though they themselves weren't active, actively hitting them or oppressing them because they were in prison. But they were happy about the fact that the Jews were being tortured. And they were punished because they rejoiced in the misfortune of the Jews that were suffering. We learn from here that being happy at someone else's expense, or being happy at someone else's misfortune, is a bad midah, is a very bad midah. He's like a vulture. He preys upon other people's weaknesses and upon their pain, and their insecurities, and it's a very, very unhealthy, bad trait. The concept of not gloating or not rejoicing over somebody else's misfortune or over someone else's errors is extremely important all the time with every situation, business, in shul, everywhere. But certainly it's a hundred times more important than marriage itself. You must be careful never ever to gloat over your wife's mistakes or your husband's mistakes. You know, like I told you so. And even if you argued about it before and you warned them, please don't do this. And they did it anyway and it backfired. And your spouse was hurt as a result of not listening to you. Don't gloat about it. Don't laugh at her or him for the suffering or the consequences of those mistakes. 
because they probably feel bad enough as it is. No one is perfect. So when someone does make a mistake, even if it was against your suggestion and they didn't listen to you and now they did the opposite of what you suggested and they um, suffered as a result, don't take advantage of that. Don't put that person down. Don't laugh at them. It's a very low-level behavior and petty and cruel even when you do that, when you capitalize on your, your husband or wife's suffering when they made a mistake or an error in judgment. We were told very often the story, you know, different people, but I'm sure it happened more than once in history, where the wife prepared tea for the husband, and instead of putting in sugar, they by mistake put in salt. And the rabbi, the husband, drank it anyway, not saying a word, so as not to hurt her feelings. Um, we're not maybe not on that madrega to do that, and we may not be able to drink that salty tea, but with tact, we could either pour it out or do something, but certainly not to hurt our feelings about it. I remember one Shabbos, very interesting, um, my wife forgot to put in, I don't know whether sugar or whatever it is, is an ingredient that makes the challah have taste. And she forgot to put that ingredient in, and the challah was basically tasteless. And Baruch Hashem, Hashem put into my head the wisdom, which is beyond my normal self, I have to admit. But God put into my head to be quiet, not say anything, say everything's fine. My wife felt bad about it once she tasted it. She says, Oy vey, you know, uh, what did, you know, what I do? I said, it's okay, it's not a problem. Baruch Hashem, we have challah, we have what to eat. Put a little salt on it, it's all good. And Baruch Hashem, I'm grateful that I had the presence of mind not to make a issue of it, not to make a hurtful comment. Um, and, and like I said, you can't drink that tea that has the salt in it that your wife by mistake put in there. Then you're still tactful about it, be discreet about it, but you don't hurt your wife for making such a mistake. So remember that when your husband or wife makes mistakes, you should think about all the mistakes that you have made in the past. You could imagine in your mind just to prepare yourself for those situations, the scenario in your mind. Make believe, yes, your wife made a mistake that cost you a few thousand dollars. And practice in your mind how you would respond, even though it would be difficult, because to lose a, th- a few thousand dollars is not a small thing, but how you would nevertheless work to respond in kindness in calmness, in peace of mind, with menschlichkeit. You visualize such a scenario in your mind. You visualize it. You visualize what would happen if my wife indeed, by mistake, put the uh, tea, uh, salt in the tea instead of the sugar when she prepared it for me. And it's easier to pass such tests when they actually occur later. And you have to be sympathetic, and you have to be empathetic, and you have to have patience and Hashem should help that everyone should do that. Never chalila hurt your husband or your wife for mistakes that they made, even if um, they were stubborn about it, but now it already happened and they realize it. Don't pour salt on their wounds. On the, you try to soothe it, and that's the best way to bring shalom, and that's the best way to handle it. Another thing you need to know 
is that um, this applies also when you're dealing with your children um, and you see they make mistakes. Now, sometimes they misbehave and you have to discipline them. But if you see they're trying and they, you know, putting in some efforts and they're really, but they made mistakes, really regular mistakes, you can't aggravate them and you can't cause them pain. You say everyone makes mistakes. Just get up. It's okay. You know, let, an example could be, let's say, your your young daughter or your young um, son is trying to set the table in a nice way for Shabbos or whatever they did, but as they're setting it up, they spilled something and killed the, the, the whole thing or whatever it is, or ruined it, something as they're preparing and helping. They really wanted to help, or they're, you know, you, you, they offer they want to bake with you or they want to cook with you or they want to do this or that. And they did something that caused damage, and they didn't mean it. They made a mistake. It's frustrating when it happens. It's easy to lash out, but it's try to get, have the presence of mind to realize they're just trying to help. They're learning as they go along, and you just explain if they did something wrong, meaning they they handled it the wrong way. Then you say next time, this is what you do. Next next time, this is what you do, and you won't have this issue. The reason why you spilled this is because you took it with this hand versus the other hand or because you didn't look to see if uh, there was something underneath where you put that picture and that's why it fell down. You explain it to them. And don't bash them when they make such mistakes that they're lazy or they're, they're, they're incompetent and things like that. That goes with children and that certainly goes with your spouse, with your husband or with your wife, even if they did make mistakes and even if they don't yet admit it. But you could tell they feel bad about it. Don't rehash it. And and um, instead, support each other. Build each other up. And um, they'll appreciate it. They'll appreciate that you did not, um, you know, that you were not hurtful. And you did not cause pain or embarrassment to them when they were caught with a mistake that they actually are regretting. And they'll be grateful for that, for your kindness, by not mentioning anything. And certainly if you mention words of encouragement, don't worry, everyone makes mistakes. It's not the end of the world. example I gave before is, is if uh, your wife or your husband got into some type of fender bender thing and your bumper got, got fell off and you had to place uh, replace it uh, or whatever and it cost a couple hundred bucks and and you know, and then she's explaining what happened. And then based on what you hear, you get the feeling that basically it was, she was at fault. She was too close to this car, too close to that car, wasn't looking. You let it go. These type of things are meant to be let go. And short term, it's a Nisayan. Long term, you're investing. You're putting your investment in the bank. It'll create a lot of joy and simcha and trust and support going on. And that's your Shalom Bias money. Have a wonderful day.